Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. We are missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, as leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. Today's topic is the plan is the plan until God changes the plan. And so whether you're a uh, a big-time planner or someone who's plan-averse, today's topic has something for you that'll be practical to take away. But Rick, first, will you open us in prayer? I would love to, Nick, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good and gracious Father, we thank you for all of our blessings. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the leaders in your church. We thank you for those listening to this podcast for their their yes for their humility in wanting to continue to grow their docility to hear your word through simple guys like us Lord Jesus we thank you for your role model leadership teaching us to pray giving us a biblical worldview helping us to become families on mission. Holy Spirit, we ask you to be with us today. Help us to say what you want us to say and help us to touch the hearts of those who need to be touched. And we thank you and love you and adore you. We pray all this in Jesus' most powerful name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, brother. So in our work with leaders across the country, we run into two kind of opposing mindsets when it comes to planning. On one end of the spectrum, if you can picture this, people are committed to plans kind of at all costs. Put a lot of work and energy into a plan. We've mapped out where we think we're going, and we're committed to that plan now. We're not flexible, and this is going to happen come hell or high water. On the other end of this spectrum, It's kind of a willy-nilly mindset. There's no plan at all, or plans change every single day, and there's really nothing we can take for granted and focus on with any kind of middle or longer term. And so these two different mindsets, neither are good. And there's this kind of healthy sweet spot right in the middle that, Rick, you were talking about as a powerful place for a leader to sit in this planning spectrum. And for those who listen to us or listen to Father John and Mary and and Albert on the other podcasts, um, you know that one of our three essential principles for transformation in the church, and in our case, as we talk about leaders and transformation of leadership, the principle is that leaders in the church must prayerfully discern God's plan. So when we're dealing with leaders, leadership teams, and we're relying on prayer, to understand what God's plan is for us, we recognize that it's virtually impossible to have a twenty-year plan. Um, and and we're gonna we're gonna talk to and we always re, we, we rely on biblical um, stories and scripture and examples of how this works. So, as Nick was describing, you know there is this sweet spot that is there has to have a plan. But there's got to be a mindset. This is a leadership mindset. This is a leadership heart that is 
constantly open, docile, as we say, docile to the Holy Spirit, that the plans may change. And when those plans change, and if it could change, it might change every week, right? It's this mindset of, okay, Lord, we got this. We're going to make this change. So if you're in that world where you're solid on a plan and when it changes, you get upset. I've been there. I was, you know, I've been there where it's like, we put so much time and energy. We even hired consultants in the business world. Uh, and you may do it in the church as well. We've got our plan. We just spent two years de- developing it. You're going to tell me now it's going to change? No way. Yeah. When, when we get hung up in those places, um, we, we, it's, it's, it's usually a combination of we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into something. We're starting to take it personal or we're losing sight of the bigger picture and getting stuck in the kind of the how we do what we're supposed to do. So let's, like you said, Rick, take a, take a look scripturally at this. So Abraham is a great example of someone who could simply have kind of ridden out the rest of their life into the sunset. Abraham, when he's called by God, if you remember the story, he's, he's comfortable, he's wealthy, he's got life mapped out, if you will. I mean, picture like the peak of your career and whatever that might be, and you're kind of in cruise control. Like things are good, things are working out. Now, Abraham didn't have children at this point, and so that that didn't feel like that was working out. But from a from a kind of a practical lifestyle perspective, things were good. But God calls Abraham, and he calls him in his old age to leave the comfort of the familiar, to leave the comfort of the wealth, to leave all the systems and things that were going well for him. And if you remember, so Abraham has Isaac. So God tells Abraham he's going to have this nation and this land and these people. And he says, you're going to have a son. But Abraham doesn't understand God's plan. He, he, so he loses sight of the mission. He's going to have a son, this, this revelation. And he takes it into his own hands and tries to control it. And he ends up having a son with a concubine, right? The planned son that God chose for him was Isaac. So Abraham says, here's God's plan and steps outside of it. And then God, of course, corrects and brings him back to have his son, Isaac. So you think about your plans. What's God said to you that you're like, okay, Lord, you've given us a plan. And now you're starting to make your own human plan to try and accomplish that. You know, so there's there's so many examples of Abraham, whether we're in comfort and we're going to stay in comfort and we're not going to be open to God's new revelations and new plans for us. So the plan's changing or God's given us an initial vision for where we'll be called to go. And we're like, okay, God's saying to go here. So now I'm going to stop discerning, take it into my own hands and take control back into my own human way. And that's not going to result in great things. So wherever we are as a leader, just using Abraham as a kind of a biblical example right now, things apply to us in our own humanity. We love also using Moses as another leader, one of the greatest leaders, an example. And as Abraham did, he starts with relying on prayer and he's, he's praying and he's, he's saying, Lord, what am I to be doing? So he recognizes that his mission is to lead the people out of Egypt. And so that's that overall game plan, the mission of the Lord for him. Now, how he was to do it and where he was to go, God revealed the, that detail plan each step of the way. And so we're using these examples because in your situation, there might be things you know at the high level. You know your highest calling, your highest mission, critical. You know, we've got the Great Commission. We're all under the Great Commission. And yet, depending on where your parish is, where your apostolate is, where your school is, 
You could be more like a Moses where you know at the high level what you should be doing. And then through prayer, God reveals his plan each step of the way. We used Nehemiah in a recent podcast when we talk about intentional leadership. Nehemiah, he assessed, you know, he, his mission after prayer, he felt the Lord was giving him direct assignment, if you will, to rebuild the walls of old Jerusalem. And so he assessed the situation. He, he financially had to get some things together. He had to identify the people. He put this plan together, a big project plan, and was viewed as one of the great leaders of the Old Testament. So again, in his case, he was a little more clarity, a little more long-term. It took a while to build. So he was able to put together that plan. Depend, it was dependent on God's plan for him. And in that case, if you recall from that podcast on intentional leadership, he also, while they're building the wall, had to fight off the enemy, you know, a physical enemy. So that you're dealing with kind of that tyranny of the urgent. There are things happening every day. And I'm assuming you're in that mode as many of you leaders. You, you've got your high-level plan, but then something blows up. You have an issue. You have an issue with an employee, an issue with a student. And you have to deal with that while you're continuing to build that wall or whatever your mission is. Then you look at the Lord himself. So Jesus is born to the world for a very specific reason, right? To conquer sin and death and restore us to the Father and to bring us back into intimacy with God. So Jesus Jesus is born for that reason. And yet on his journey, especially we'll look at his public ministry, once, once he starts public ministry until his death and resurrection and sending to the Holy Spirit, he had a he had a plan to re, to 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 die to rise to send the Holy Spirit to plant the church. This was the plan that was not going to change. The big mission was not going to change. But the daily interactions with humanity, the messiness of humanity, the free will of humans around him, he had to navigate that every single day. My Father, what are you showing me now? Jesus said, "I only do what I see the Father doing." So every day was a new day to discover a. God's plan, the Father's plan that day for Jesus' walk with the disciples, with the people he's ministering to. And, and we could always say that's unfair. Jesus was God. <laughs> yes, this is true. I love using Jesus as the example of leadership because, you know, we can look back now in hindsight and say, okay, he knew what he was doing all along, obviously. And yet he gave enough information to the disciples. So he was telling them what he was going to be doing, but it was just so incomprehensible at the time. It's like, what do you mean you're going to die and rise? And, you know, and, and he was going to fulfill the old, old scripture and fulfill the word in the Old Testament. And it just was virtually impossible for a human to understand at the time. But we've got the gift of hindsight. We know what happened and we see that it all was part of his plan. And again, it gives us confidence that God has a plan for us and it's ours to, to understand and discern through prayer. Yeah, so the Lord's this great example, as you're just talking about, Rick, of how does it look as a leader every day to say, there's a big mission I've been called to, and yet every day God uses all the messiness of humanity around me and me myself, right? Because we aren't the Lord, we aren't perfect, <laughs> to still work his plans out and to trust that each day adds up toward this big mission he's calling us to. Another, another one on Jesus, since, you know, it's hard to get off of Jesus as the role model. So we we use this thing called the Zacchaeus principle every now and then in Acts 29. It's like, we may have a plan and we're going along and Jesus was going along and he was on his way to Jerusalem and and there's a crowd and, and he just 
looks back and there's Zacchaeus up there in the tree, in the olive tree in Jericho. And he says, uh, what are you doing up there? And, and you know, it, he demonstrated for us, he did it for a reason, that even though your plan is important and you're going, you might have to stop and look back. You might have to pause and help somebody who needs it. And that man needed it. And in front of others, and it was a leadership moment that you got to know, not everything's a Zacchaeus principle. Sometimes a squirrel just runs across the road. You don't have to run after every squirrel, but sometimes you need to. And so I think that's part of those leadership lessons on you have a plan. It's discern the God's plan, but every now and then you might have to take a little trip and meet somebody like Zacchaeus. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That was a Zacchaeus moment on this episode. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, and then, you know, Paul in the New Testament. I mean, you look at Acts 16, just in particular. So here's Paul. And, you know, this guy, this guy's planning missionary journeys. Like, you, you don't, you map out where you're going, these long journeys to get there. You know, you can imagine Paul puts a lot of effort in figuring out where he's supposed to go and what it's going to look like when he's there and who he's going to meet and work with. I mean, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of movement there. So Paul in Acts 16 is planning to go to Asia. But the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, speaks to him and prevents him from going places. He tries, I think it's three times between Acts 16.6 and 16.10. Go read it. It's worth reading and thinking about how the Holy Spirit moves in your life. He prevents Paul from going. He prevents Paul from going. And then he sends the Macedonian man in a dream and a vision to send Paul where he's supposed to go. And that's to go preach the gospel in Macedonia. And so this... This whole idea that the Holy Spirit is shifting the plans, there's biblical evidence in the Old Testament, in the Lord's life, in the New Testament, and throughout history. And in each of our daily lives, we didn't really step back and think about it. It's like God is is kind of moving the chess pieces on the board, if you will, every day. And so it's this, 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 this mindset tension between, yep, God's given me a big picture mission for my life, the call of being a disciple. And then and so it's not willy-nilly. And yet at the same time, there's this, there's this sweet spot in this middle ground where there's plans we're going to make and the Holy Spirit's going to have permission to shift those plans as God sees it. Let me, let me touch on, on maybe two uh, verses here that, that are just two of, of several we could have chosen. But in Proverbs, we've got two. One, one is Proverbs 16, verse 3, and it says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And it's such a powerful, succinct message that uh, versus what I think my experience was in the secular world where you're kind of vying for whose idea wins and you're debating whose idea wins. But if you first commit to the Lord and then as you're discerning the plans versus creating, now, yes, you're using your wisdom, you're using your experience, you're using the, the skills God gave you. But the first commitment has to be to the Lord, and then those plans will be established. And as we've mentioned with these examples, some might be very short term. It might be just the next couple steps. Others might be, yeah, I see this over the next couple of years. And then you're just adjusting to what hits you. Second one is Proverbs 19, verse 21 says, Many are the plans of the human heart, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. Again, we may have some desires. We may think that we've got to do this. We may be chasing comfort or we may be avoiding something hard. Or as we mentioned, we might have put a lot of time into developing a, a strategic plan. And there's no way someone's going to come change it now because we just put in all this effort. 
that shouldn't matter. And that's why we're saying this is more of a mindset and, and a state of your heart that is open to that. And it's almost like, you know, regardless of what we put into our plan so far, if the Lord has it for us to shift, we're going to shift because he's going to give us the tools. He's going to give us everything we need to make that happen. So these scripture passages are both enlightening and teach us about how God works in humanity and what he has for us. And yet they're also uber practical. But let's take it even down a notch further into our daily lives. So from a practical perspective, Rick and I, we go into these team sessions and we're usually really excited. We've actually, we're always really excited for the work and, and what the Lord has, what we think the Lord might be ha- have in front of us. So we'll prayerfully discern an agenda. We'll talk to the team and the leader about it. We're crafting it. We're going back and forth. And we get it to this place where it's like, all right, this is the game plan. It's a prayed out game plan. We believe there's the Lord's in it. And yet we know from experience every single time we go in that God's going to reveal something new that's not on the agenda or a shift within the agenda that we just did not see coming. And it's going, to, it's going to be the Lord's work that it shifts. And so if we get hung up on, like, nope, that wasn't on the agenda, or that wasn't supposed to take that long, or this now isn't going to happen, if we get too hung up on that, we won't be open to the Spirit's movement. And to be honest, every time this happens, there's a temptation to be anxious. Sometimes we do get pretty anxious because, it's like, oh, is that the plan now? But yet every single time we come out of those, those sessions, it's like the Lord used it. That was a new thing, and it was better than the plan we had going in. Yeah, very fruitful, very fruitful. I know the few times where I got anxious, you know, about – I say few. You might say a lot, Nick. But every <laughs> now and then, it's like, you know, that agenda going in, we're usually quite aggressive and saying, here's all the things that we believe the Lord wants us to accomplish. But then you can see when it gets a little selfish because we kind of – I know I do. I kind of view myself as, how did I facilitate how did I perform? And if we don't achieve what we said we're going to achieve, then did I not perform? And it does shift more on the me, me, me versus, hey, if there was a if there was a left turn in the middle of this, and that's where the Lord wanted this team to spend some time, you know, and they needed that. That's the fruit that was needed at the time. And and it, and it requires this prayer both formally in the chapel. But it's also that ongoing as you're observing how things are going. It's asking quite simply, simple prayer, Holy Spirit, help me understand if this is where we need to stay or help me understand if this is where we need to cut this one off. Yes, Rick, that's a great point. That made me think about my own self. You know, I I tend to be pretty self-critical, overly self-critical and, you know, um, plays into my identity. And and without getting into all that right now, like the point is, I can look at a day, especially when we do team sessions, but I can look at a day and kind of review myself that day and go, I didn't hit the mark. And then I'll get really down on myself, um, you know, and it's, I won't hear the Lord in it or see the Lord in it because I'm not asking from the perspective of, was I faithful to what Jesus wanted me to do today? Instead, I'm going, did I perform up to my expectations? And I, so, so it, I, I, I'll be open to the spirit throughout the day at times. And then by the time I go to bed, I'm judging myself based on how I think the day was supposed to go. Forgetting that the Lord is at work all day long, and I was trying to be receptive to Him. So it's just a, again, that's like the daily plan even has an implication for this. And how, and I'm not, I'm not trying to just make you feel better, Nick, but I think there's a healthy element of magnanimity there that you want to be great for the Lord. It's the true. work we do, praise God, is 
for we we believe it's for the Lord. It's what He's asked us to be involved with right now. So I wouldn't be so hard on yourself on that. Yeah, there's you, you, certainly we 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 always should be trying to get better. That Olympic model we talk about yeah. is like even if we quote did very well, how do you even get better? Because we're we're hopefully glorifying the Lord. You're being critical of my self criticism. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm always coaching. I'm always coaching. So another aspect of of a practical application for this is, okay, leaders. You're out there. You're looking at it. Um, we, we had a our last podcast, or recent one, was around um, being intentional in our leadership. It's another aspect of, of being intentional about reviewing your plan. Okay, so you've got it, whether it's a quarterly offsite, whether it's every couple months, it's at least a regular basis. You're going and saying, okay, as a leadership team, are we still doing what we believe the Lord is calling us to do? Are we still on mission? And if if not, change it. Where do we need to tweak? Okay, so that's an element. Is it a quarterly? And, and it's on your agenda. It's intentional about looking at that plan. Built into that agenda is prayer time and then debriefing prayer time. And we, you know, we say leadership is a team sport. One person can't go out and change the plan. The plan is the plan until God changes the plan. And then you all are hearing the Lord change that plan together. And then you're actually changing the plan. All right. So we're encouraging that. And then all your meetings, the more regular ones, whether it's a weekly meeting, every other week, your deep discussions are then tied to that plan. All right. So that's where I know Ellen Mullally, I've used him before. He was a great leader at Ford Motor Company when I was there. And he helped turn this company around from losing billions, billions, 14 billion in one year to being record profits for year, record profits year after year after year. And he was a leader that was both emotionally intelligent and also a process mind. And he would use that phrase. His, his phrase is a little different than what we're saying here, but he said, the plan is the plan until there's a better plan. And so he would encourage people to disagree. He would encourage people to debate and he would encourage, and let's have it out. Let's have it out. And that's where we continue to challenge you as leaders in the church. It should be even easier because it's not just trying to win each other's best ideas or defeat each other's ideas. It's focusing on the Lord, understanding what he wants. And if we understand what he wants, then it's a lot easier and it should be very easy to change. And then we don't run into that situation where, oh, people throw their hands up in the air and say, here we go now. Now we're changed. I thought we were going down this path and now we're going to go down this path. And if, and if you don't have trust in your leaders that they are prayerfully discerning God's plan, then you will be like that. And I know when I was not being a good leader through my career, you know, there were times where I was just like, hey, I have a good idea and I'm going to change this and I'm in charge of this department so I can do that. And here I am just trying to convince people then here we're going to change. And they're looking at, well, wait a minute. Well, just because you have this idea versus, oh, and, and OK, now, Nick, I, I'm going to touch on this idea that you and I talked about is uh, we, we can't use the Lord said as a, as a get out of jail free card. Right. I mean, that, that is, is in complete integrity and trust and love for each other is we've got to do our best to say, I believe this is the Lord saying it because uh, we, we never want to get ourselves in a situation where he said, well, just take it. Lord said. Yeah, that, that, that's a big one. We, <laughs> we spent some time on that uh, in preparation because this we've, we've worked with enough leaders at this point. Um, 
in in kind of renewing the mindset around what's it look like to discern every day, every year, you know, five years out versus versus tomorrow. What's it look like to discern the Lord's plan, especially communally? We're not used to that in the church for sure. We might be used to like the me and Jesus, you know, what's his plan for me, but a plan for an organization or a team, that's, that's, that's pretty challenging. So in your leadership, we, we, we have to be very humble and careful when we talk about what is the Lord saying. I, I don't know that we can ever say we have 100% certainty on, on a plan, especially before it's executed, right? Um, you, you think, okay, Lord, I believe, our team believes, we've, we've had it out, we've gone after it, this is the plan. And so now I, because we went after it together, we talked about it, we wrestled with it. We have a narrative there that we can share with people we're leading and say, here's where we believe the Lord's taking us. And even the language, here's where we firmly believe. Here's where we believe the Lord's taking us. None of us have a thousand percent certainty, but here's where we believe God's taking us right now. And here's why. And you can articulate the reasons why you see the Lord's movement that way. That's really helpful. And if it changes, if the plans shift, God reveals deeper parts of the plan, new parts of the plan, or the plan does just shift entirely. You have a narrative why, because you knew the narrative why you were doing what you're doing. You, you, you wrestled with it. You landed on what you believe the Lord's will was. And now you can continue to do that. So it's not like, hey, listen to me. I'm the leader. God spoke to me. And uh, this is what God said to do. It's a, it's a beautiful articulation of the journey and the narrative. And that's actually that's, that's so helpful as a disciple following a leader, because now I'm trusting you more because I actually hear how God's speaking to you through the team and the journey he's taking us on. And now that's something I can get excited about and, and, and rally behind versus this whole like authoritative, authoritarian, God said, so do it. That's, that's ridiculous. It's actually abusive. One more point on this whole making it practical. With leaders at times, we're talking about casting a vision. And we've had uh, pushback from time to time on how can I cast a vision if the plan's going to change? Well, the reality is there's a big difference between the mission and the vision and the how we're going to do it. So you take a, a priest, for example, you're the, you're the pastor of a parish. The mission will always be to make disciples. The mission will always be to preach, teach, and sanctify the, 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 the people entrusted to your care. That's never going to change. How you do that might change. In fact, it will change. It'll change. Some things will change year to year. Some things will ch- change assignment to assignment. And some things will change day to day. And so that's that's the comparative from earlier in this episode. Is like Jesus had a mission to rescue us. And that was not going to change. The daily, the daily walk changed and looked different. The towns looked different. So in your assignment, maybe you're a priest, a bishop, a principal. As a spouse, Rick, you and I were just talking about even marriage and family. I, I'm, I'm a young father with young kids. My goal is the same as you with two older sons. The goal is to bring our children to know Jesus so that they can experience their mission and become saints. The goal is always sainthood. How I'm fathering my kids towards sainthood looks very different than yours today. But the mission never changes. But where I live, the job I have, the ages of my children, the experiences they're having shifts how I go about that. So that's, the, that's that tension between the high-level mission that I'm going to preach all the time as a leader that doesn't really change and the plans, the how we're going to get to that mission and do that mission and how I can preach those because those do change. 
And, and again, it just, I love that in using the, the family example, it just kind of brings it home further, literally. <laughs> and that is this, the way in which you do the journey, you know, leadership is a leadership journey and it's done together. Um, and it's, you know, it's being in, uh, open and transparent about that journey and, and praying and discerning and sharing. What do you think you're hearing and coming together? And that's the enjoyment of it as well. You know, that's, that's how you make a family on mission. And you get away from being just this hierarchical, uh, you know, command and control type type organization, and uh, and so and you're fulfilling, you're glorifying the Lord and how you do it, not just what you're doing. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, that brings us, I think, to the mission challenge, yes, and uh, it's a threefold mission challenge. And so here's what we're gonna we're ask you to do. First is introspective. It's very personal. The first part of this mission challenge is looking at yourself and making sure that you are as clear as you can be on your personal mission as a leader. Again, if that's a pastor, a principal, a bishop, a parent, the head of a of a startup apostolate, you know, just ensure clarity of your role. Ensure clarity of that mission. What doesn't change? in what you believe you're on this earth to do at this point in your life, in this day, and get really good at understanding and speaking about that. You know, really understand in the right situation, we don't want y'all blabbing about all the good things that you do, but it's, it's really good at understanding your mission and then being able to speak about that. Okay, that's number one. It's very personal. It's you. Clarity, your own personal mission. Number two, now it's as a team, whatever that team is, your leadership team at a parish, at the diocese, uh, at the school, okay, as a team, as a married couple, continue to drive for the clarity of the mission and the plan. So it's that high level that probably won't change or it barely changes, that mid-level that you're going to be changing, major strategic initiatives will change. And then even now that detailed planning level that every now and then you might have to take a Zacchaeus detour and effectively communicate that. We say over-communicate, over-communicate the clarity of that mission and the plan and be able to communicate the rationale for changes. So it's always driving clarity. That's what a leadership team does. Always driving clarity, communicating that clarity. And that includes the rationale for changes. And when it's based on prayer, it should make sense to your organization. That's what it all hinges on. That was number two, as a team, all right? So we start with self, then we go to team. And now number three is, it's a heart and mindset check. That's for you personally, and it's for the broader team. Your heart and mindset check. When change happens, not if, when change happens. How do you handle it? How does your team handle it? You know, we talk about the spectrum early on. If you're one of these groups that's like, oh, great, now we have to change and throw your hands up. Those are indicators. I don't think those are called fruits of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't say throw your hands up. That's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. How do you handle that change? If you're confident it's of the Lord, how does pe- how do people handle that change? And maybe they're not confident it's of the Lord, so then you got to work on that a little bit more. But it's a heart and mindset check-in. Okay, mission challenge threefold. Self, personal mission, clarity. Number two is as a team, 
drive clarity, be really good at communicating clarity. Number three, a heart and mindset check on change and become really good at changing because the plan is the plan until God changes that plan. And when he changes that plan, we should be just excited about it and even more so of the plan that we were just working on. A great mission challenge, Rick, and you, you said it very clearly. I hope all of our listeners uh, take on that mission challenge. And as I, I was actually just sitting there praying when you were running through that, and uh, I had a thought, maybe this is of the Lord, maybe it's not, but maybe someone's listening. As Even as they hear this, are thinking to themselves, gosh, I would just love to have a plan. I feel like my life is just, it's whack-a-mole, it's thing to thing to thing, it's disorienting, and I feel like I actually have no plans and things are just constantly changing. Um, but they desire a plan. If that's you, I would challenge you. We would challenge you. I know Rick would agree with this. You need to carve out some time just to step back and think, to pray, to process what's happening. Because it's not God's desire for you to live in chaos. So just remember that if, that, if, you're, if, if you're someone who maybe this didn't feel like it applied till right now, God doesn't want you in chaos. He wants you to f- sense his movement and understand what he's trying to do. So step back, create space just to step back and think so that you can gain, gain like orientation to what's going on. And, and since you brought that up, Nick, we did a, a podcast a while back on uh, being overwhelmed, and that might be helpful. Take a look at it. There's one on being overwhelmed and maybe some, some thoughts that'll help you there. Yeah, we referenced that one a lot. And, and the reason is because sometimes we don't know we're overwhelmed until a certain trigger happens. We go, oh, actually, I am living overwhelmed. And we didn't realize that. So, all right, let's pray. Let's pray for everyone who's listening to this, uh, that you would experience this uh, this mission challenge and that you would experience your own renewal of mind around planning and planning with God, uh, not merely human and not, not willy-nilly. All right, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of our leaders in the church right now from individuals and families to priests and bishops. We just pray for all of them right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll just descend on them anew, everyone listening to this, that you would flood them with your grace, flood them with your mercy, and that they would just get the opportunity to step back and say, Lord, how am I doing right now? And so Holy Spirit, give them the grace to hear you, to hear the Father, to hear Jesus speak into their hearts and minds. Give them the the opportunity to recalibrate the way they plan, the way they lead their teams. Holy Spirit, we also pray in a particular way um, that you'll just anoint leaders listening to this with the narratives they need to have of their own missions, of the missions of their teams and organizations and institutions, so that they can win people to the vision and the mission that you have for them, and that they can all find peace in it and then learn together what it is you're calling them to do to execute upon it. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, we pray all this. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Nick. All right, that's it for episode 21. Go and discern God's plan.